the Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and gentlemen, I think it's we got to give a little bit of a round of applause. Brendan Chagru, new to the Welcome. show. Uh, stoked yeah. to have it. Brendan, seriously, man, thank you so much for 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 joining this crew. And we're stoked to have you, dude. Guys, I'm so excited. Don't clap for me, though. I'm just a guy that wants to talk about the Bears. And I know, Ryan, we've had so many conversations before in the last couple of weeks. Jack and Logan, uh, we've connected quite a bit. And Honestly, this is such a great group, so it's going to be a really, really fun time. And I apologize off the bat. My voice is a little scratchy. Um, I was at the game yesterday. A lot of yelling, a lot more yelling for a preseason game than I've ever done before in my life. So, um, But anyway, I'm really happy to be on and uh, looking forward to the season. Well, okay, so th- you know we're going to go a little off script right off the bat because Jack and Brendan, both of you guys were at the game. So you just kind of give me like, Brendan, I'm going to come right back to you on this one kind of your thoughts on, on being back, any realizations that you had? I mean, obviously we couldn't be there last year. So, so what was that experience like for you? It really felt like we had never left. So uh, I actually went to one of the final bears games in 2019 before everything shut down. I went to the Cowboys bears game on Thursday night playoff atmosphere, one of the best energies crowds I've ever been a part of. And I've just, I've gone to so many bears games. I haven't gone to like You know, I'm not a season ticket holder by any means, but I've gone to plenty of them. And so you felt that same energy. You got the guys with the drums. You got the chants under the tunnels, the Green Bay sucks chant, excuse me, as you're walking into the stadium. It was it was like being home, guys. I really and Jack, I'm not sure if you agree, but like, you know, it, it just felt like felt like being back, like something comfortable, being amongst all the fans, seeing this preseason game. And again, it was the most energy for a preseason game ever. People were shouting in the streets. People were chanting Justin Fields' name. People were like very like high-fiving anything the offense did. Like obviously these games don't count, but there was so much investment that I've never seen for a preseason game before. And the stadium was, it was loud. It was, everything about it was just awesome. And I took my buddy for the first time. He had never gone to a Bears game before. And I said, hey, like, I'm sorry, this is a preseason game. But he's like, no, this was the energy was awesome. Like I couldn't have asked for anything more. So just a great time. Imagine like Logan gets trapped in a cabin, like in the snow, in like northern Minnesota. And then uh, all of a sudden he's rescued and Where's they take going? him to a Bears game. You know, like I think we've all had that like feeling, haven't we? Where it's, it's like, is this really happening? You know, is yeah. this real life? There's almost like this like confused giddiness you know, where everything's appreciated a little bit more now because we've just been stuck inside for so long. And so that kind of was there. And I think too, it was was a little disappointing to see how the offense started off because, you know, we're also accustomed to having, you know, like instant gratification. And then they just kind of sputtered and like, you kind of like juxtapose that buzz that we're talking about with like what happened early on. It was like, Hmm. You know, that was a little bit of an anticlimactic thing, but absolutely. Brennan nailed it. I mean, it was, it was, it was really fun, very electric, even the cops on the way in, you know, like you're taking like, you know, that beer as you walk into the stadium, they're like, you don't have to chug it. You can just go ahead and finish it, man. I was like <laughs> looking around, like, is this what? Okay. Thanks. <laughs> we know, we know it's, it's uh it's time to have people back at soldier field. Right. 
Uh, Logan and I are thrilled. We're going to be going uh, next week to see the Mitch Trubisky Revenge Tour. Logan, what are you most looking forward to with going back to Soldier Field? Um, I think I'm looking forward to probably wearing my Mitch Trubisky jersey, number 10. Somebody's got to rep that guy, even though he has just ruthlessly been ripping us, uh, meaning like one or two quotes. But no, I'm excited to be back there. Jack talking about that walk into the stadium has me kind of hyped up to do that because you kind of feed off the energy from everybody else who's walking into the building and just a great feeling. Let's get some football going. I want to see it live in front of my eyes. There were a ton of Mitchell Trubisky and Jay Cutler jerseys yesterday. So you will be in good company. (laughs) Perfect. Don't have to burn that. One guy was really creative. He he had his Mitch jersey on. He completely taped over the zero. And then he taped over (laughs) the Trubisky and wrote in fields. I was like, well played, man. Good I'll work. do I'll do that for the second game I go there to. There you go. <laughs> you can buy a Mitch Trubisky jersey for like 30 bucks right now. It's mm-hmm. I, I mean an NFL jersey at, at that cost. I mean, even like I think the Jordan Howard jersey will cost you somewhere like around 40 or 50 bucks. And mm-hmm. you can get a you know a Trubisky one for, for much, much cheaper. I, I will say my favorite jersey that's sitting in my closet, Brandon Marshall. Easily. Okay. Easily. I wore mine yesterday and so many people were giving me crap. Like still Who's works. 15. Was that Josh Bellamy? You go to Javon Wimsters. <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest wide receiver in Bears history. <laughs> what are you talking yeah, about? You, you can put whims on, on, on the back now to, to cover Perfect. it. Right. Cause he's definitely going to be on this team, which we got a lot of fan uh, listener questions, but that one by far is, is far and above more than any other one. I was surprised to see that that there was just so much vitriol for Javon Wims over everything that we saw yesterday. Like, okay, that's what we're focusing on. Got it. Sounds good. <laughs> Too much good. We'll, we'll hop into it. I'm stoked about it. Folks, we couldn't be here without the amazing support of Jeff Cadwallader. You've heard me say it multiple times on this show. Jeff is the absolute best. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home in Chicagoland, there are so many realtors out there. You might know a friend, you might have a, a person you went to high school with, something along those lines, but you can't trust something like this to just anybody that's out there. Jeff Cadwalder is the absolute best. I'm telling you, have a conversation with this guy. He will blow you away with his knowledge of, of being a realtor and just being a truly wonderful guy. Everyone I've talked to, they meet Jeff and they just love him right away. Visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties can help you. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Visit GenevaJeff.com or give my guy Jeff a call or a text message, 630-254-4734. And if you do talk to Jeff, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Report sent you. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, what's going on, Jack? Hey, are you still rocking that mullet? Dude, I, I don't know. I don't get it, but they're coming back and I don't, I don't understand it, but yeah, a little, it's not it's, working for you. It's not working for you at all, to be honest with you. So like, if I were you, I would go to Sheridan's, uh, Sheridan's barbershop located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois has been serving the community for 67 years, 67 years uh, with five barbers and open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. SheridanBarbershop.com or 630-668-0137 and book your haircut today, Ryan. Get rid of that mullet. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. 
my guy, Will. I Just one more shout out, Will. I know you're listening right now. You can sit and talk cars. You can sit and talk fantasy football advice. The guy is phenomenal. He is the best barber I've ever had by a mile. Sheridan's Barbershop. Love those guys. Okay. So gentlemen, let's hop into this. Let's do just a quick recap of what happened in the game. The Bears hold on to beat the Miami Dolphins in the first preseason game, obviously not counting in the standings for anything, but it's nice to get the dub 20 to 13. Miami's quarterback, Tua, was 8 for 11, 99 yards, and the interception, DeAndre Houston Carson, getting the interception in the end zone. That was a fun one to watch. Jacoby Brissett, guys, I think he looked quite a bit better. Uh, was only 6 for 10, 67 yards, but did have that nice uh, touchdown uh, in, in coverage. Ahmed, their leading rusher with 40 yards on six carries, which is 6.7. Unfortunately, it looks like Miami was able to run the ball throughout the entire game. However, the Chicago Bears were able to do very much the same thing. Nobody really cares about this, but Andy Dalton was two for four for 18 yards. And the numbers that all of us want to talk about, Justin Fields was 14 for 20, 142 yards, one passing touchdown, also had 33 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. The other one too, guys, and I'll be curious to get your kind of two cents on this one is Khalil Herbert, 38 yards on six carries, 6.3 yards per carry. He looks ready to to kind of carry the load in that. What, What do you guys think about that one? In, in terms of Herbert, I was really impressed with what the rookie had to offer, both in the rushing game and the passing game. He was easily like one of the beneficiaries of Justin Fields being in the game because as Fields was extending plays, using his legs to move outside the pocket, he was still looking to pass. And Herbert was usually one of those like first options as well, I guess, like dump off options, but he was still able to make something out of nothing. He, he looked comfortable out there. He looked like a running back that could probably get some meaningful regular season snaps. Obviously he's going to have the special teams role, but people have been kind of like speculating. Is there a chance that Herbert could maybe push Damian Williams while Tariq Cohen's still recovering from surgery? And I think so far, like there's, there's a decent chance of that happening. Pleased to have that much depth, you know, to have what appears to be three deep legit running backs, you know, and I think that's a great point, Brennan, to, to have them competing for those positions is even better, right? As you're making the guy ahead of you a little bit better, but most, most NFL franchises have three deep, right. And we know that injuries occur and, you know, it looked to me like all of them run the ball hard, all of them finish their runs, which, you know, that's something we always talk about being the town of Walter Payton's sweetness is looking for backs that finish runs. We've got one in Monty now, probably the best to do it in my opinion, since number 34. Uh, But those other guys can do it too. And they can catch out of the backfield, right? Which we know is such an integral part of the game now. Well, thinking that when Tariq Cohen gets back, that's four very good running backs. I mean, I I don't want, we've only seen limited action from Khalil Herbert, but guys, am I wrong in assuming that the, the four running backs are pretty much set barring an injury? So you've got David Montgomery, Damian Williams, Tariq Cohen and Khalil Herbert. Am I missing something? No, I mean, I think that Artavis Pierce probably isn't quite done yet. Um, you know, you see him run the ball pretty well every, every once in a while. I think he had a, a solid run yesterday, but <clears throat> what he did at the end of the year last year, I think that he showed that he can play for an NFL team play at that level. So I don't think that he's quite done yet, but uh, Khalil Herbert probably is going to uh, make it tough for him. Gentlemen, the big news coming in yesterday that the Bears signed offensive tackle Jason Peters, nine-time Pro Bowler, but 
He is 39 years old. We've had quite a few questions coming in from our listeners on this one. Uh, Michael Knaus, Michael, if I'm saying your last name wrong, I, I apologize for that, uh, but we're giving you a shout out later. So uh, just hang on for the ride. Um, Anthony from Cork, Ireland was asking about this one. And our friend, Mike Gus, all asking about, you know, how does this, this play with, with Tevin Jenkins? How, how does this all going to kind of work out? Does he have enough left in the tank? Brendan, I want to come to you with this one first. This Jason Peters signing, what are your kind of initial thoughts on this one? So it was funny, just again, because I, I love setting the stage for especially being at the Bears game. We literally walk out of the stadium and we check our phones. We're like, the Bears just signed Jason Peters like during the game, basically. And a lot of people were like, whoa, like that's just an interesting move. And I likened it to what the Bears did uh, a little bit about 10, 11, 12 years ago with Orlando Pace back in 2009. They brought him in to be a starter with uh, Jay Cutler's first year. But with the Peters signing, it tells me two things. A, in terms of Tevin Jenkins, it tells me that he's not ready to go yet and they need somebody, a vested veteran, to actually come in and play that position who's a true left tackle. Now, I know they moved him around a little bit, but Jason Peters has had extensive experience at the position, which is great, especially when you have so many young offensive linemen. It does tell me though, that Tevin Jenkins injury may not be all that serious because there are better tackles on the market that are going to, that wanted more money. Russell Okun was the obvious choice. He wanted probably close to like eight, nine, $10 million. They weren't going to do that unless they needed to, unless they were going to cut somebody to create more cap space. So that tells me that, okay, they're bringing in somebody to fill in the gap while Tevin Jenkins gets healthy. Hopefully because somebody like Russell Kuhn wasn't signed, this isn't like a a prolonged issue that carries well into the regular season. So a couple things there. Um, Yeah. Good, uh, good, good signing I'd say for now. And hopefully he can fill in the gaps while Jenkins covers. Yeah. I also see it as just adding a veteran. I mean, this is a guy who's arguably a hall of famer and we have a banged up offensive line full of young guys who are trying to learn on the fly and what better to bring in a guy who he's just a very disciplined left tackle. I mean, I don't have to tell you why he's a good left tackle, but even in his older years, he just, he doesn't get penalties. Um, so I just see it as uh, as a way to bring in a guy who can teach some people up, hopefully teach Tevin Jenkins up once he's actually able to take the field and and less of hopefully an actual starting left tackle. Well, we talk so often about the quarterback needing a mentor, you know, to, to someone to learn from what better guy to learn from than, than Jason Peters. I mean, that guy has seen it all nine time pro bowler. That that's a, that's an excellent mentor for him. Matt Nagy's 43 and uh, Peters is 39. That's just so, so wild to me, right? It's like Rossi on the Cubs or something, but I, I think you're right, Brendan. I, I don't think like 17 games. I, I don't think he's going to make it 17 games. Can you imagine the wear on that dude at this point? You know, uh, is this the biggest question mark on the entire roster right now? I mean, that old line, I think probably right now is going to be the Achilles heel. Juan Castillo, I think, built a lot of cred last year in the way in which he shaped that line and the momentum that they had, especially towards the end of the year. I feel like if anybody can do it, it's probably probably Coach Castillo. But boy, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty major concern, I think, at this point how that's going to come together, how the injuries will play out and, and try, because again, there's all that like timing and communication that needs to happen, right? Like it's like a dance partner. You know what I mean? You've, you've got to be on the same page with, with those guys. And that takes repetitions and they're not getting them. 
Well, Twitter seems to be ablaze right now with two camps. Either the sky is falling, we have no offensive linemen, and the world is going to explode, or everybody needs to chill out and everything is fine, and it's roses and and butterflies. Uh, And I I tend to be somewhere in the middle of this, Jack, and I think you are too, is that they need bodies at this point. They have so many guys that are injured. You need people that can do it, and why not sign a guy with, with this kind of experience? Gentlemen, I want to hop into, we've got a lot of listener questions, and for any of you that submitted a question. We want to say thank you very, very much. We love hearing from you guys. We love interacting with it. Jack and I were actually talking before we got on air that if you are a Bears fan and that's in your your profile and you add, I'm going to add you right back. I'm not, I don't care about my ratio. I know that's, that's a, that's a thing that the kids these days are, are really worried about. I want to interact with as many Bears fans as humanly possible. And so this one I think is foremost on our mind and gentlemen, I, we all knew this was coming. So my guy, Andrew Davies from Melbourne, Australia, he is becoming a diehard Bears fan really, really fast. So Andrew, shout out to you, buddy. Hope that you and the family are are well. I know Australia has got some serious lockdowns going on right now. So we're thinking about you. We're thinking about your family. Um, And his question is, is a really great question. Is it too early to get excited about Justin Fields? He just looked so calm. I know the quote came out that, that has been already misquoted that saying it's everything was slow. He said, because the bears defense makes it slow down. So, you know, everything is context is everything. Uh, Brendan, I want to come right to you on this one first. Is it too early to get excited about Justin Fields? No, of course not. This is why we love sports. This is why we're sports fans. You should be excited about a guy that shows the ability to be a potential franchise quarterback. We knew that coming in when he was drafted out of college, we saw it in college. Yeah, why not be excited? I mean, I know as Bears fans, we're jaded. We're basically taught, I think, at birth to be like, these are the Chicago Bears. You have a good running back. You have good defense and your quarterback sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it, it. It shouldn't it shouldn't be like that. You should be excited for him. And I'll go into kind of like my concerns a little bit for seeing him, but also excitement from yesterday real quickly. I thought I loved him moving outside of the pocket. His accuracy was deadly. The way that he was able to kind of like flirt, whether he was going to run or pass and kind of like, you know, toe that line, toe that actual scrimmage line. And to the the left and to the right, Brennan, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, but both running to the left and to the right. Sorry about that. No, no, it was, it it was so great. And just like you thought maybe he was going to take off because that blazing speed. And then he just dump off bait the defensive linemen or the linebackers in and then, you know, be able to get like a five, seven yard gain. The things I was kind of concerned about early on was just kind of him, like not jumping off his first reads. I thought his passes were accurate, but so, and Jack, actually, you had similar seats to me on the opposite end. We kept joking. We were going to do that. Uh, right. That, What's your name? Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of see it um, unfold behind you, which I love those, which is a reason I love those seats those passes weren't really there when he's staring down the receiver and there's good coverage. So you kind of got a little concerned, like, okay, you know, let's, I I want to see him jump off that read. I want to see him make a little better decisions. Obviously the fumble trying to do too much. It was such a wonky experience in the first half. And then to come back, have that excellent, like, I can't even call it a two minute drill. I feel like it was a one minute drill to get that field goal, to put points on the board and then just go from there and basically see the game slow down for him. It's so exciting. And to go back to the atmosphere, I cannot remember the last time I've actually high-fived people 
and just jumped for joy and sang bear down Chicago bears for a preseason game. <laughs> just unbelievable. I, I mean, I just love the fact that the, the question is prefaced by dangle while he's wearing the field shirt, asking if it's too early to get excited. Of course it's not. Everything that Brendan said is completely true. It's like, We've gone our whole lives just being miserable, sad, existing NFL fans. And we have a guy where, you know, I don't think anybody should just be like, oh, we're, we're, we're going to win eight Super Bowls in the next 10 years. I don't think anybody's saying that, but you can watch preseason game, watch the fact that he makes decisions that outside of the one third down where he tried to make something out of nothing and fumble the ball. That was a bad decision. But other than that, he made sound decisions when he was scrambling, he made sound decisions under center. Um, I think there's, it's, it's easy to see why you should be excited about this guy and why it's okay to go to a game. And the, the crowd, even from on TV, the crowd sounded different once fields was under center. It was, it was a very cool thing to see. And it's just cool to see, Bears fans allow themselves to get a little bit excited about a quarterback because even when Mitch was here and his first few months, it still wasn't really, it was exciting because he was a new quarterback, but people, people obviously knew that there were flaws and there are flaws with Justin Fields, no doubt about it, but his ceiling is so much higher that it's, it's fun to watch. To see him have poise, I think was what was most satisfying. You know, you're, you're both right. Like, I've been waiting 47, I'm 47 years old. I've been waiting 47 years for the Bears to have a good quarterback. So literally out of the womb, I've been waiting for this. We've all been like waiting for this. So to see him have the main factors of an elite quarterback is pretty awesome. And, and the speed of the game doesn't seem to bother him a bit, man. He's cool as a cucumber back there. Very comfortable, very poised. Even when, well, at least twice, I think, Brendan, or you guys, we're all watching he had his back to the end zone, you know, at least twice, you know, and that didn't seem to phase him even a little bit. And then I think what will happen is he gets more experience than since he's got that, you know, basic, you know, structure of the talent needed in terms of arm strength and, you know, uh, mobility and so forth. He's going to get better at those reads because you're right, Brennan. He, he was for a little while staring, staring down, you know, oftentimes like the first option without really seemingly going through the checkdowns. really impressed with his accuracy. I can't say, that there was a ball that I looked at, you know, like we've seen, we've seen the Mitch balls and we've Foles has been doing it too. I don't know like what that's about, but just missing, like, you know, broad side of the barn type, like can't even, even miss. Now I will just say it, it's early, you know, I, I don't want to be a buzzkill, you know, super hopeful, but I, I truly, you know, we all wish that he's going to be like excellent, but I think it was my grandmother used to say, if, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. So it's, it, you know, there's always that like cautious optimism. I hope he's the, I hope he's it. I so hope he's it. I think we've done a really good job of kind of like, no, seeing, or at least understanding what we saw yesterday so far, because, and I was looking at old tweets from four years ago around this time when Trubisky first started his preseason game. If you guys remember Glennon like threw an interception his first pass and Trubisky lit it up and it like set Twitter on fire. Even back then, Michael Vick was saying he was incredible. Colin Cowherd like famously said he's going to win multiple MVPs <laughs> and Oops. people were just over the moon about it. And then obviously we saw how that happened, but to go back to like the original question, like about the excitement, everybody's excited, 
And everybody's very pleased of what we saw yesterday, but we also, I think, are able to understand it in context. Like, okay, like we saw the growth, but we know like this is just a preseason game. There's still a long ways to go. So I think as Bears fans, we've come a long way in a few years, which is great to see. I think there is a difference though, Brendan. I totally agree with what you're saying, but I think the difference lies in the fact that it's people outside of the Chicago Bears organization keep saying it. You know, I, I know, I know we talked about uh, Coward, which, which is obviously a national personality, but, but seeing the Miami beat reporters talk about how good Justin Fields is, um, you know, LeBron James even tweeted something about it. The kid has poise. Jack, you talked about it. The pressure doesn't seem to get to him at all, which is, is so different. A quarterback for the Chicago Bears is different than what Jacksonville is going to have, even San Francisco. Sure, those guys are looking at their rookie quarterbacks and they're excited about it, but it is not anywhere close to the pressure that Justin Fields is under because Chicago has historically been a terrible town for quarterbacks and we want him to be so good, so bad. And I just, I think the thing that I came away with most impressed is he just seemed totally unfazed by all of it. The, the standing ovation, all of that stuff, you know, sure, he came out a little bit uh, unsure of himself or maybe just looking a little bit like a rookie, but you watch. He is an improvement monster. I'm a broken record. I keep making that point over and over again. Watch this kid. He's going to get better and better and better and better. Gentlemen, I got another question for you, and I love this question. Mike Gus, good friend of the podcast, been on a couple times, wonderful, wonderful guy, asked, what's it going to take? to make Justin Fields the starter for week one. Jack, I'm coming right back to you on this one. What do you think it's going to take for Justin Fields to become named the starter for week one of the Chicago Bears? I think two things come to mind right away. One, we already broached it, a solid offensive line that uh, has had the time to rep and protect him. To me, that's non-negotiable. If that's not in place, it's a non-starter. You don't put your guy, you know, your first round draft pick, the hopes of the future behind that offensive line. So if we can get the offensive line solidified, then I think it's, it's a gut. I think it's laser and Nagy in the room, you know, talking and watching and trusting themselves and their guts, because this is a tough, anytime you've made any kind of a roster, you know, decision, or I'm going to start that guy, or I'm going to start this guy. There are certain moments in time where, you just all of a sudden have this like strong realization that that's the most, especially a quarterback. That's the most athletic person on the team who gives us the best opportunity to win. And it's so clear cut that I would be an idiot not to have him on the field. And to me, that's like, it's gotta be those two litmus tests to be able to say, we're going with JF one first right out of the gate. Yeah. I, for me, those are great points. And I think, and a great question, honestly. Um, but for me, I think that the bar got raised yesterday, the floor got raised yesterday for Andy Dalton of what he needs to be for people to kind of shut up, which no one's going to shut up now, no fans, but for them to kind of tune out the noise for Matt Nagy to not hear it, Andy Dalton is going to have to be better than he was yesterday. And I still think that there's a good chance that Andy Dalton is a week one starter, but Next week, what he did this week, it, it needs to raise his his floor of how good of a quarterback. And, you know, we can talk all day about how many more snaps he has as a starter over, you know, even Nick Foles and uh, Justin Fields. But he now the bar just got raised yesterday. He just needs to be better than he was yesterday 
for there to even be a logical discussion about why Andy Dalton should be the starter along with their, if, if the offensive line is in good shape. Well, Logan, I want to come right back to you with this because I think you, you've highlighted it so well. One of our other listener questions was from Scott Swaziland was basically asking, did the, the, offense looks so bad. And actually Chad Beasley asked a very similar question. Uh, they asked, you know, do the offense look so bad? Should we be concerned that the offense looks so bad right out of the gates? And, but it didn't look so bad because Monty wasn't there. A Rob wasn't there. I mean, the, like the full list of starters wasn't there, or is it because Andy Dalton isn't the guy yet? Yeah, I do think that it is unfair to just be like, oh, the offense looked terrible because of Andy Dalton. Yeah. You're missing all of those crucial pieces to an offense that, to be honest with you, still isn't really that explosive, even with those guys in the lineup. Um, so I think it is unfair to just look at that and say, oh, it's because of Andy Dalton. It's still the first preseason game. I think that last pot I stressed, take it a day, like don't stress about every little thing that happens in the preseason. So I think I have to practice what I preach and say that with the first preseason game, they got like two series. You're in front of the home crowd. I'm sure that there's natural nerves for Andy Dalton, it being his first game in front of a group of fans who wants the guy that's standing on the sidelines. Um, so, you know, there's nerves there. So I, I'm not going to put that completely on him, but again, like I said, there needs to be obvious improvement next week from him and from the offense as a whole. Brendan, what is it going to take to have Justin Fields starter week one? An Andy Dalton injury. I don't think it happens. I really don't. And I think that, um, the point was made that, you know, the, the floor was raised. The gap is shrinking for sure. I definitely agree with that, but Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace gave somebody who signed, you know, a very respected veteran, their word. And they, they didn't come out and say they promised, but I really do think they keep that. They take that stuff to heart and they are going to say, no matter what, unless an injury happens, you're going to be the week one starter. It's we haven't seen anything from Andy Dalton yet to, be concerned about. Um, I thought like his passes, they looked fine. It was just not explosive. And I think like, you know, having concerns about the first two offensive series, you, you can't really have too many because it's such a watered down game plan. You're literally just trying to kind of go through the motions a little bit, make sure nobody gets hurt, just kind of get your feet wet. It's the other stuff afterwards with the other players that you kind of like open it up a little bit uh, for the guys that don't have as much experience. But um, I, yeah, I really do think that Dalton, is going to be the starter. And then after that, after week one, no matter what happens, all bets are off. I think like they, they need to, they went into it saying you're entering the season as the starter. And then pretty much said, we're not promising anything after that. So yeah, I, I don't think no matter what happens, Justin Fields is still going to be number two week one. And you know, Miami's defense is up and coming. Like, it's a good defense. Right. So, I mean, especially the- that secondary Exactly. Right. So, I mean, that could have been a little bit of the sputtering out as well, but quite honestly, it was pretty frustrating to go run, run, pass, punt. You know, I think one of our Twitter followers, you know, talked a little bit about that and Chad, Chad Beasley. Yes. That, that was, yeah, you know, you're like, that, this is off putting, you know, uh, and, and also the penalties I, I believe was, was very, like very frustrating. They did it. I don't know, Brennan, if you were there like, a couple Saturdays ago, they, they were running that back to the end zone drill and they, they were getting penalized in practice quite a bit. And then they, I think they had nine penalties yesterday. Again, preseason game understood, but I do think it's starting to become a little bit of a, a Matt Nagy issue. And you guys have heard me say before, dead fish stinks from the head down. I think those types of things 
um, permeate an entire program, at least again, and maybe I'm just talking from a high school perspective, which doesn't apply to NFL, but I just, I feel like if you've got things like tightened up, you've got things tightened up. And if you don't, you don't, and that's on, that's on the head coach, you know? So that I think was a little bit, um, disconcerting. I'm going to make a bold statement and I'm not going to talk about him when he's going to be the starter. Cause Brendan, I think you may have convinced me. I was thinking we might find out that he gets named the starter before, before week one, like right before it's possible. But I think your point is well made. I think Andy's going to start. I don't know that he'll finish the game against the Rams. I, it, I'm trying not to get too, too excited about all of this. I'm really, really trying. I I'm, I'm, I'm about to be 40 years old, Jack. My heart has been broken almost as long as, as, as your heart has been broken, but there were certain things about this kid that just are vastly different than we have seen before. I am a fan. I fully admit that, but I also think that I'm a rational fan when it comes to a lot of this stuff. And I think Matt Nagy can't afford to have Justin Fields on the sideline. Matt Nagy is not a good play caller. He's a great play designer. He's a great head coach. I think a leader of men, but he can't find rhythm to save his soul when it comes to calling plays. Just, just as Chad, his question, that's what he has me thinking about. And I think Justin Fields will transcend Matt Nagy's bad rhythmic or lack of rhythm play calls. I think he's the guy to do it. I think that he's going to have some rookie mistakes that are going to make us all like just screaming at our TV. But I also think he's going to have enough ooze and ah moments that gentlemen, it's going to be really fun to be a bears fan for the next 10 or so years. Am I exaggerating my over the top a little bit of course i am of course i am but that but again i come back to my point earlier which is it's not just people in bears camp that are talking about how good this kid is and i think that's the thing that really kind of stands out differently you know different to me than than in years past we're in a good position too i mean we've talked about this thing about where we were pre-draft i would take where we are today you know what I mean? To have a legit, you know, uh, quarterback who's seasoned and could, could be our week one starter. I'm not, I'm not mad at you for that. Right. And then let the thing play out and, and, and hopefully make you know the right decision, but, but it could have been much worse than it currently is in terms of the quarterback room and the position that we're in. So, so the thing that's got me guys, uh, that, that I tweeted about, and we got a lot of listener questions on this one. Uh, Bruja7, um, thank you for, for submitting your question. Derek from, from Glasgow. Um, I'm going to read it off the way that Derek uh, asked the question, because I think it's probably the, the best way to word it, uh, which is, if I want to buy a Big Mac and fries in the Chicago area come September, what are the chances of my server being Javon Wims when I go to place my order? Um Ouch. I, I, okay, Brendan, I'm, I'm coming right back to you this one. Cause it sounded like there was a little bit of you're, you're like, you're ready to defend this guy. And maybe I read it wrong. So I want to hear your thoughts. I do not understand why a two-time fighter and the ball dropper that Javon Wims is, is on this team. When there are other guys like Rodney Adams, I want to see that kid with more opportunities. Brendan, talk, talk to me about this one. First off, I mean, I think he was only a one-time fighter. I'm not sure, but either way, I'm not defending Javon Wims on this. I'm really not. I just, out of all the conversations, <laughs> out of all the topics, it just makes me laugh that, you know, after everything we saw, people are, and I understand why, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, 
a lot of like hard feelings still from last season, both for the fight and just for the drop touchdown pass against the saints. But it's just funny to hear like, why is Javon Wims still on this team? He's very likely not going to be, he has dropped significantly in practice. It seems like there's guys like even Riley Ridley, you mentioned Rodney Adams. who I want to talk about in a few minutes, uh, John Vea Johnson has been doing a lot. I mean, there's other receivers that have, definitely separated themselves. I feel like a big reason why Javon Wims, I feel like was on this team and he had a chance to be on the roster going forward was because of his special teams, but that only gets you so far. And I think the wide receiver room is so much more talented. The only thing he has going for him aside from his special teams is his size and his height. Like he's a bigger bodied wide receiver, but even then, like you, we saw, you can't really make it work for you. So look, I think for a seventh round pick, decent value. I really wanted the Bears to pick Alan Lazard back in 2018, but whatever. It's you know he, neither here nor there. It's time that he he's going to be gone. I don't see how he's going to be on this team going forward, and I'm very ready to just like let the Javon Wims conversation die out after that because he's just not worth it. The uh, Sun Times uh, Jason these are like really funny. He was like Javon Wims absolutely scorched Dolphins quarterback off the line of scrimmage, just burned him. Only problem was that the play hadn't started yet. And it was the most blatant false start in the history of false starts. So, yeah, I mean, I th- I'm pretty much with you on this, Ryan. I think there's enough other options that we're, we're ready to move on from him. BDR's own Nick, a uh, guy who does a lot of film work for us, asked a phenomenal question. Cairo Santos hit a big 53 yarder. He's only entrusted to attempt three total 50 plus yarders all of last season, although going two for three. Do you have a permanent solution at play? Do we, excuse me, have a permanent solution at place kicker now? Um, I think the answer is yes. I'm a Cairo Santos fan hitting what 94% of his field goals as of last year. For me, that's a slam dunk. Yes. Gentlemen, any thoughts on that one? Yeah. I trust Cairo Santos with my life. I mean, like that's another one of those conversations where it's like, thought we were done talking about this, but no, I mean, it's maybe kicker will always be a conversation in Chicago, similar to a quarterback, but no Cairo Santos is phenomenal kicker until he proves otherwise put him out there for anything and everything. I I think to to Nick's point, the only point is he wasn't given the trust of the longer field goals. It seems that perhaps now he's starting to earn that. And that was a great kick 53 yards. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's no joke, even in preseason, especially at soldier field. Another one that came in a couple different people and going back to our, our friend, Scott Swaziland, who was asking about special teams coverage. Um, I got a little heat for saying uh, I'm not a fan of Jordan Lucas, number 23 as a return man. Um, that's okay. I'll, I'll happily take that heat from Jordan Lucas's biggest fan club. Uh, that's, that's all right. Um, and uh, they looked bad both in coverage and in return. Should I be concerned about this one, Jack? Is it, is it too early to be concerned about the, the special teams unit? I think so. I think you, you're still in a position where you're juggling a roster and you're going to make some cuts and then you're going to find the dudes that are going to be your special teamers. And then you're going to rep those dudes in those specific special teams and then begin to, to, to work the skills that it takes and they're tough skills, and it's a tough thing to do in a practice because you'd rather do D and you'd rather do O all day, 
right? But it is a, you know, it is a three-tiered system in football. Uh, and, and if you blow off special teams, we've we've seen it. We're we're gonna pay for it. We've got two really solid kickers, right? You know, I, I think we we have proven ourselves to be pretty strong in special teams, you know, over the course of the years. I, I, I'm not concerned about that. I think it'll solidify itself. Other than who's going to be the main return punt returner and kick returner. Obviously I think, you know, Daz Newsome and Khalil Herbert are going to get a chance at that one. I will be curious when Tariq Cohen comes back um, to see, see how all of that plays out. Gentlemen, I want to get back to the game. Um, and we want to say thank you one more time to all of our listeners who submitted a question. We appreciate all of you guys. And if we missed it, uh, let us know and we will definitely get it to, uh, to it in the next podcast. I want to hear a player from each of you on both sides of the ball, a player on offense and a player on defense that stood out to you. Now, gentlemen, you can say Justin Fields, but it would be awesome. And I think a lot of our listeners were asking, hey, someone not named Justin Fields, who are you most excited about? Who are you most looking at? So Logan, I'm going to come to you first in this one. Let's let's hear uh, your offense and then your defensive player. Well, my offensive player is probably one that I would steal from uh, other people, I would assume. But Rodney Adams just looked <clears throat> incredible. It was obviously he had the one catch that was high pointed perfectly. It was a well-thrown ball by Justin Fields. Um, but just overall, I think his releases look really good. He, he looks like a pretty crisp route runner for a guy who's a little bit older and you really haven't heard much about. So um, I'll leave some more Rodney Adam talks, Adams talk to some of the other guys. But defensively, one guy who I really like was Kyrus Tonga. Um, just another seventh round pick, like say what you want about Javon Wims. But the fact that we're talking about him a couple of years after he was a seventh round pick is says something. And the fact that we're talking about, you know, Kyrus Tonga, he was making up, he was making plays. He was, he was eating up blockers, really getting after it. And um, to just notice a seventh round pick as a rookie in the first preseason game really says something. And I think it also says something probably to the point of the bears being able to develop defensive linemen continually. Um, and uh, just, again, to be able to talk about a seventh round pick after the first preseason game is, is really nice. And I think Kairos Tonga has, has a good chance to provide solid depth um, as a rookie for the bears. Well, Jack and I have talked at length about this defensive line. It has to be the strength of this defense. And I'm very curious to see what Sean Desai is going to do with it. Jack, let me hear your offense and defensive players that stood out to you, not named Justin Fields. It's nice to see Jesse James be so effective. You know, we're again, aside from offensive line, you're looking at pretty nice depth across the board offensively from wide receiver to running back to quarterback to tight end, which is, I mean, we've almost seen none of Jimmy Graham, which seems to make sense. It's preseason. We're probably not. He's an aged veteran, right? Cole Komet's getting nice reps and performing well, but boy, like, it's pretty obvious that Fields and, and James have a nice connection. And he's been, he's been a, a solid tight end in the league for quite a long time. So that was fun. And the touchdown was just fun, right? Like to, to, rolled right, looked back to his left, blown coverage. James just, and he's so tall. He's like six, seven, you know, so you could, you just, he stands out in that way as well, which is really cool defensively, boy, you know, Duke Shelley seems to be around the ball all the time and is so good at nickel so far. I'm impressed. He had a really nice pass breakup. I think Brendan was in the third quarter. I believe we used to say, you know, that dog can hunt and, and he as a ball Hawk has been impressive in that regard so far this season. Brendan, same question to you. Offense and defensive players not named Justin Fields that stood out to you. 
I will say Rodney Adams and Jesse James were my one too. So uh, both great answers there. Um, I would say for me for offense, it was Artavius Pierce. I know we saw a lot of Khalil Herbert and we talked about him a little bit, but as we said earlier, Artavius Pierce came on quite a bit last year and he was one of those guys. He was an undrafted free agent in 2020, didn't get the benefit of preseason. So a lot of these second year guys are just now finding the field for the first time, or at least extended time. And Pierce is one of those beneficiaries. And he really made his chances count. He led the team in rushing. He had five carries for 50 yards. He was just, he looked explosive. I I think like watching him and again, in person, it's different. I I didn't think he'd be that explosive. um, At least what I saw last year, maybe put on a little speed, but great to see him. And then on defense, it's got to be my guy, Alec Ogletree. I am, I was enamored with what he was doing in practice, just picking off everybody. And it's just kind of wild to me that for such, for a veteran who's had a really good NFL career, he's, I mean, he's not that old. Like he was drafted in 2013 and he's kind of struggled the last two years to find a spot. He is making an impact on this team. And I would love to roll with him as the like third to fourth inside linebacker behind Danny and Roquan. He had, he he had four total tackles, three solo one tackle for loss for that goal line stand, which was impressive because he had just gotten beaten on a deep pass, which you're kind of like, okay, like, you know, not great, but to respond like that. And he got like a decent amount of playing time too. So um, I'm really hoping he makes the roster and it was good to see him kind of back up his practice with a decent performance in yesterday's game. Brendan, I, I want to echo a lot of what you're saying about Alec Ogletree. I get a, a, just a sneaking suspicion that Danny Trevathan has to worry about his job security because in coverage, Danny has proven to be a liability and Alec Ogletree shines there. As a first down backer, though, I think, you know, it's it's probably not super close. I think Danny's still got the upper hand in that, but Alec definitely showed some 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 explosion. Hold on. So time out. Are you thinking that Danny's going to get cut or just benched? I think he's going to get benched. I, I think he'll, he'll come. I think it'll be much the way that Andy Dalton is. Andy Dalton is named the starter. And then I think you're going to see way more Alec Ogletree than you see Danny Trevathan. Oof, I definitely disagree. I think, and I know we, we saw like some rough parts of Danny Trevathan last year. He looked slow. He was kind of a liability in pass coverage. He got better as the season wore on. And all reports out of camp are that he looks good. He looks fresh. I mean, he looks he looks strong. And he is, aside from, I would say, Akeem Hicks, like Danny Trevathan, I always like to say, like, you know, one of them's the heart and one of them's the soul. So whichever one you want to pick, like Danny Trevathan and Akeem Hicks are like the heart and soul of that defense. I don't think you can bench him. I, you know, they. I just don't think it's happening. And I think he hasn't shown, at least like, you know, again, coming out of reports of practice, I don't think he's going to be as bad of a liability as he was last year. So I I just think that talk is like definitely premature. I totally understand what you're saying, but I just think about this Alec Ogletree and Roquan Smith in coverage against a tight end, whatever it might be, maybe on third down and long, I get excited about those two at linebacker. Now, gentlemen, for me, my 
offensive guy that I was really looking at and really impressed with. I've already said his name, Khalil Herbert. Uh, I just feel like this guy is ready to take on a backup role. Um, then you can put Damian Williams more as a, as a third down. Is he going to line up in the slot? Is he going to do something else? Put him out there in different spots. Khalil Herbert gave me a lot to, to feel warm and fuzzy about because yet another Ryan Pace late round pick that seems to have a whole lot of talent. On defense, uh, I was going to go Alec Ogletree, but I'm going to go with a name that, that maybe didn't get as much notice. Uh, his first play that we all saw his name, Caleb Johnson, gave up a touchdown. I think that was a really good play by the running back. Um, yes, he missed it, but I thought he he bounced back incredibly well. And the second half, he looked really, really, really good. Um, actually had that play for a loss uh, that they ended up saying, you know, which originally was ruled to be like a 30 yard completion. And then they ended up giving it a two yard loss. That's Caleb Johnson. Now, is this guy going to make the team? Probably not because the bears are so deep at, at linebacker, but who knows if this is a practice squad guy, uh, we might be seeing something out of this gentlemen. I want to know, your overall thoughts going forward. What are the things that you want to see? What are the feelings? How, how have you changed going forward for the rest of the preseason? Where are your thoughts kind of at with this team? Logan, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Yeah. Um, first of all, I think just the base level, the Justin Fields hype is, is at least for now kind of justified. So that's good to see going forward. Now, after that, I just, for me, I just want to see the offensive line get healthy because I think if, if they're not healthy, it's not much of a hot take to say that the offense is not going to work. Um, another position group that I still am going to kind of pay attention to moving forward is the defensive backs, just because I really think that that's a larger kind of problem or maybe problem to be than a lot of people are talking about, just because there are other depth issues um, all over the field. But defensive backs, that's what I want to pay attention to um, next week and, uh, and moving forward. Brendan, what about you? I just want to echo actually what Logan said, because it, it's a very valid point. The cornerbacks and defensive backs, I mean, they didn't look all that great. Like Tua looked sharp yesterday and Jacoby Brissett actually looked pretty good too. So it was kind of like they, they kind of picked apart the defense a little bit. So that's, that's definitely concerning. I would definitely, I would say I want to see Justin Fields perform more with the first string offensive skill makers, uh, skill position players. Guys like Darnell Mooney, hopefully Allen Robinson gets some more run there and just kind of see what he can do with some of the first string offense. I know we saw that a little bit in practice. I'm sure it's going to ramp up, but I'm excited to see it. And then uh, it's been talked about a lot, but yes, the offensive line. Can they find like a stable group at this point in time that will be able to effectively protect the quarterback, create running rooms, running lanes, and also going back to penalties be able to like play cohesively as a unit, because I think that's part of the issue. You have a ton of guys that aren't used to playing together. So as guys return, hopefully that changes, but just, yeah, to get some, some stability that you feel comfortable with going into week one against the Rams. Jack. We're all guilty. I think sometimes of getting a bit of tunnel vision, perhaps it was because the preseason and you're not going to show all your cards and tell me if I'm wrong, but was there an instance of us, the Bears on offense just fully airing it out. Was there a deep strike of any type up a seam or up the sidelines? Now, again, it, preseason, maybe you want to show all your cards. I just find that to be a little odd. And again, it's another one of these things like we always say history doesn't always repeat itself, but it often rhymes. It's a Matt Nagy thing, I feel like. It, and again, we've got these super fast receivers now, and we've got two guys with like cannons for arms. 
I'm going to be watching and waiting for that first moment, even if it's incomplete <laughs> that, that we see one of these dudes, you know, just fly up a seam or up the sidelines and we just unleash a ball. You know, Jack, we, we did see like a couple of them, but it's not the way that we wanted to. Like we saw a deep ball of whims. And we saw right. the, you know, and then we saw the, the rollout to Jesse James, which was awesome, but it was also one of those like more designed plays where the tight end ekes out on the opposite side of the field. You know, we're wanting to see the Demir bird speed. We want to see Marquise Goodwin, yeah. Darnell Mooney and stuff. So yeah, like some of it, we want to see it with the players that are more effective, you know, more capable of doing it, I guess. The guy that I want to continue to watch is Sean Desai. We had turnovers, gentlemen. In, in a preseason game, I I get the sense that 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 kind of turnover heavy defense that we saw with Vic Fangio and we saw to Lovey Smith going way back. I know those two are not linked, but that that we've become accustomed to loving to watching the turnovers. I I get a lot of sense that that people really really like Sean Desai and that he kind of waited for this opportunity and now he's getting it. And so that's one I'm going to be watching quite a bit. I understand, you know, the, the schemes that they're running are vanilla and different. This is just the preseason, but if we continue to see turnovers being made in the preseason, um, I, I hope that translates into, to the season itself. All right, gentlemen, it is time to give out game balls. This can be to a coach. This can be to a player. This can be to anyone that you want in any way, shape or form. So, so Brendan, I'm going to start with you this one. Who is your game ball going to? I'm going to go off script and I'm going to give it to the fans. We started the pod talking about it. It was, I, I can't say enough how great it was to be back at Soldier Field and just the energy and the electricity and just the standing ovation that Justin Fields got when he got on the field, the, the celebrations for touchdowns. I didn't see any like unruly behavior either. Like people just seemed genuinely happy to be back at a professional sporting event. I, I said it before, this was my first sports game I've been to since December of 2019. So I was thrilled to be a part of it. I know Jack was as well. There were so many great people there, especially for a preseason game. And so I want to give it to the fans for coming out, for being loud, for being excited, and just for being back at Soldier Field. It was a great feeling. My game ball is going to me for doing a podcast at 9 a.m. the morning after drinking like six beers. Um, <laughs> no, Only um, six? Come on. Okay. I w- this is a family-friendly podcast. I don't want to tell you how many beers I actually drank. So that was just a conservative number, all right? <laughs> but uh, not a fan of Brennan because I was going to say Bears fans as well and just get those brownie points. But we'll go even more just vanilla and just say Justin Fields because – he, everything that we already said, he looked poised. He looks ready to take on the role that he's about to take on. And uh, here's to hoping that there will be more game balls in the future for him. Absolutely. Well said. Jack, what about yourself? I've got to go with my college roommate and still good friend, Doug Tobin, who messaged me you know, sometime in the middle of the week and said, Hey, Jack, do you want to go to the Bears preseason game on Saturday? And, uh, you know, uh, with, uh, with school starting back up soon, uh, I'm doing the back-to-back Bears game, you know, and then Sox game, just trying to, like, numb, you know. I mean, you, you can really, Ryan, you know what I'm talking about here. you can trying to numb a little bit of the – I love my job. I do, but it's a little tough going back. So, anyway, Doug, you know, thanks if you're listening for the, for the ticket. That was – it was epic. It was really fun. My game ball is going to go to general manager – Ryan Pace. Wow. 
I know Ryan Pace has made some awful decisions. I mean, the Mike Glennon thing still to this day, just you overpaid Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon. Uh, I, I don't, I don't understand it. He has overpaid for so many different players. Andy Dalton being one of them. However, Ryan Pace in the mid to late rounds and obviously getting Justin Fields. I just think that Bears fans should be, I'm going to say it. I'm going to get bold. I think you should be happy that Ryan Pace is the general manager for the Chicago Bears. I think that uh, he's getting better as the years go on. And if, if Justin Fields ends up being the quarterback that we hope that he's going to be, he will have fixed a problem that no other general manager in Chicago Bears history has been able to do. Uh, you know, Jerry Angelo got that one wrong so many times. I'm not even going to talk about Phil Emery and how much I hate that guy still to this day, not as a person, but as a general manager, the trust me errors, those were dark, dark, dark days. That's who my game ball is going to go to. I know there's probably going to be some, some bear fans that are like that, that dangle dude has no idea what he's talking about. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for all of it. Uh I was about to say, now at least we know at BDR Dangle is Ryan Pace's burner account on Twitter. That's crazy. That, so, so you guys saw that, right? That, that he has a Twitter account. He has a, either at least a burner account or he watches Twitter because he oh, knows some I of the big names. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So there was a, um, I think it was like last week or two weeks ago, uh, great Bears fan. If you don't know him, Greg's, Greg Braggs. He's basically like king of the Bears fans <laughs> in, a, in the best way. He's such True a good story. Dude. Yeah. So he was at practice and he actually met Ryan Pace and he goes to introduce himself. He's like, yeah, I know you. And Greg's like, oh, so he's like, he clearly understands, like he knows what I'm doing or whatever. Like, does he have a burner account out there? So that was a, that was a fun story. Also uh, to, you know, go off of what Ryan said, shout out to Ryan Pace for wearing a suit in like 85 degree weather on soldier field. That dude was like dressed to the nines and it was hot. It was hot on the lakefront, so he was committed. I wonder if he goes to Sheridan's Barbershop. He always has fantastic hair all the time. Well-groomed and fit, man. That dude's fit. Does anyone run triathlons or something like that? Yeah, I think so. All right, gentlemen, before we get out of here, I got two more for you. A movie that you know is terrible, but you love it regardless. I'm going to start it off first because I never get to go first, and I'm going to go ahead and go first. Tim Meadows... The ladies' man. Yes. Some of you don't even know that this movie exists, um, but we quote it all the time in our office. It is a terrible, terrible movie. It's really, really bad, but it will make you laugh so, so much. Um, I, I absolutely love it. It was an SNL character forever, and they turned it into a movie. Uh, will Ferrell's in it. Uh, if, you, if you have a chance and, and you're bored, go and watch The Ladies' Man because it is a fantastic film. Jack, what about you? Bad movie that you still love. I'm going in the Wayback Machine for a, a movie called Roadhouse. Uh, I don't know how many folks have seen it or not, but uh, Patrick Swayze, as an expert in martial arts, comes to a small town to clean up the bar and uh, just like kicks arse all over the place. It's terrible, right? It's bad. Uh, but there's just, just something about like, the level of badness that's that's appealing about it. Like they, this 1989 uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, like Roadhouse. I'll watch it if it comes on. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why would I do this to myself? This is terrible. But then I just can't turn away. 
I had one that I was going to say, and then for some reason, another one popped into my head that I saw a couple of years ago, face off with John Travolta and oh, Nick Cage. Oh, uh, one of those movies where like you watch it and you're obviously, you know that it's a terrible movie, but you can't help but sit back and just be like, how many awards did this win? Cause it, it deserved all the awards for being able to like toe the line of being absolutely horrific, like a terrible movie, but also just, so entertaining just because like you got John Travolta and Nick Cage in a, in a room for a movie that like is just the dumbest plot to a movie of all time. Fireworks. So I suggest uh, looking that up if you don't know what I'm talking about. Travolta and Cage trying to outact each other. What a brilliant, brilliant performance that was. Brendan Chagru, same question to you, my friend. Transformers dark of the moon. (laughs) It's so bad. I could pick, I honestly could pick most of the Transformers movies and I will kind of go, I will die on the hill that Transformers one is actually a decent movie, but for dark of the moon, it was just such a fun thing to see. Like they actually like do a ton of it in Chicago. Cause that was like one of the first like big blockbusters to kind of like have like a disaster setting in Chicago, which I thought was just neat. Cause you always see New York or LA, but the plot sucks. It's, you know, it gets worse and worse. But it's just such a fun, stupid movie to watch. And I think it holds a special place in my heart because I saw the midnight showing when I was um, between my freshman year of college and my between my freshman year of college and sophomore year of college. And I was working an internship and I got home at like three thirty in the morning and I couldn't sleep. I was wired. So I just pulled an all nighter and got to work in the morning. And I was like, just so, you know, on just all the caffeine possible and I think that's, it just, you know, it was an experience. So um, absolutely terrible movie though, but I, I like watching robots destroy stuff. <laughs> did you, Jack and Logan, did you know that Brendan Chagru has not seen Field of Dreams? Wait a minute. Is this a good time to say I haven't either? Yes. What? Yes. Wow. Jack, you know. these youngsters, what are, what are they doing with their lives? I know there's certain movies it's, that people just like absolutely fillet you for not watching, right? Like, I don't think I've ever watched all of It's a Wonderful Life. And people are like, what? You haven't watched? No, I don't know why. <laughs> I just haven't. But I got to say, like, as baseball I know. aficionados, and, and maybe as you get older, too, like, it, let, let me say this. Before you become a parent, if, if you choose to do that, watch the movie. I mean, it, it's just... Man, if you don't, if you can avoid crying a couple times in that movie, okay. like maybe you are a robot, you might be a transformer. I don't know. Especially can I defend myself the, for a hot second? Please go ahead. Yeah, at the end of the movie, man, if you cannot cry, right. I, 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 are, are your, do you have feelings? Do you have emotions? <laughs> Look, I, I definitely get emotional for like different movies. I, I, I teared up at the end of Avengers Endgame. So you know, just saying. But it's not like I'm not avoiding or it's like I'm not like I will never watch this movie. I think it's dumb. It's just one of those things. I've heard about it for so long. I know the premise. I know the quotes. And for me, I like I love my sports. I love watching sports. I love like sports documentaries. I love what NFL films does. I'm not like that crazy into sports movies because like I watch them already. I'm so invested in them. And Ryan, I think we had this conversation on Twitter. I like my movies with lightsabers and spaceships and comic book stuff. Like I'll watch like, you know, classic movies, like big dramas, but 
I like to keep those two separate. I just I'm not a big sports movie guy. What What about Moneyball? Because that's a that's a movie I don't I I couldn't care less about that division in baseball. Like, eh. but that story for some reason it just it captivated me. I think I've I've watched that more than any other sports movie, which is crazy because it's not that old. Yeah, no, I I like Moneyball a lot. That was that was a fun movie, and it's again kind of like a well. I, you know, this one was like a true story about like, you know, the A's and just all of that. So it was interesting to me, but yeah. So no, I love Moneyball. Gentlemen, it's that time we're going to get out of here before we get out of here. We got some shout outs to give um, the, the first uh, shout out that I like to give is to twin cities bears fan. Uh, we had some really great back and forth and I just really appreciated that very, very much. So twin cities bear fan, thank you so much for, for listening to the pod and interacting. Love it. Love interacting with bears fans. Uh, Michael uh, Sue at sweetness fan 34 gave us a phenomenal review online. Michael, you have no idea how much that, that helps us to, to widen our audience. And so truly, truly appreciate it. Um, I don't know how official this is, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, we are the number 10 ranked bears pod, uh, on Apple, uh, podcasts, which is crazy considering we are barely, we're not even a year old. The pod bear down report is a little over a year old, but, but the pod itself is not even quite a year old yet. So we appreciate all of you guys that, that we are climbing. Um, Eric Glime is a friend of mine and is kind of kind of an interesting story is gentlemen he got into football in his 20s he didn't watch it growing up or any of that stuff but has become a big fan um and so he started listening to the pod and interacting and so eric uh shout out to you and then uh like i said just one more time to our guy andrew davies uh we appreciate you and hope that you and your family are doing well down in australia the last one that i have to give to is to brendan Shagru. brendan we are so thrilled to have you as part of our crew i know we're going to argue a lot we're going to laugh a lot and i can't wait to to uh to, to get it rocking and rolling jack what about to you Shout outs you'd like to give. Mike Page, you know, we, we often mention him because, you know, he, he is the top nacho. He's the one who, you know, started all of this. But uh, without, you know, at the risk of being redundant, um, going back before the preseason game a couple Saturdays ago, he, he texted me and said, want to go to Bears camp, <laughs> you know, and I didn't think I was going to get to go. And so I was really excited to be able to go. And, you know, just the way things have worked out with COVID and, and, and you know, just life, I suppose. We've never actually met IRL, as the kids would say. And uh, what a great dude. Like, I really had a great time at camp with him. We got close to the action. We had, uh, you know, excellent conversations about football and life. And just, it's just really nice to meet him, you know, because, um, you know, because I hadn't yet. So shout out to Mike Page. Thanks, Mike. I, I cannot wait for next week's game. The, 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 the four of us are going to have a blast. Brennan, I'm sorry that you won't be there, but you got to go to a game, so I don't feel bad about it. Logan, what about you? Shout outs that you like to give. Um, let's go with a shout out to Jack Wright and partially myself, just because we got roasted for not using Twitter about two weeks ago. And um, I'm not saying that I'm doing like superbly well by any means, but Jack Wright is becoming a Twitter superstar and he he doesn't deserve all of this hate and vitriol that he gets. And he is learning on the fly and he is doing great, even though he says things like IRL and stuff like that. So he's just he's just doing great. He's a good guy. I always th- thank you. And I and I always go for the most cringiest. But Ryan knows this. I try to say the most cringy things I can for my own kids and students. So that's like, so they're like, I was going to say your kids have to really appreciate. Something. They're embarrassed they by you it. all the time. 
Oh, well, that's cool. Like I, I kind of like relish that, honestly, but man, I've got like over a hundred followers. Like I tell Huge. you what, like, I, I mean, it's fire. I'm just lit. Yo, <laughs> Oh man, you're making it really, 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 really bad. You just lost All right. five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To the new guy, to the new guy, Brendan, any shout outs that you might like to give? Uh, yeah, I got a few. Um, so I'll start off uh, with uh, Lissa Barbieri. Um, I know you've mentioned her plenty of times on this pod. She's uh, awesome. the managing managing editor of Bears Wire. She does fantastic work. I posted on Twitter, but this weekend's been a really cool weekend for me, Bears Wise. Um, I got a chance to interview and be a part of like a sneak peek media session with Jim McMahon. Um, and that actually came to Alyssa and she was uh, she allowed me to do it. Awesome experience. I can't thank her enough. Um, it was, you know, pieces coming um, in the next few weeks, but just such a cool thing. So uh, shout out to her, not only for the work she does, but just for continuing to give me some uh, incredible opportunities, um, you know, to talk with some Bears legends. The next one is uh, Kevin Kadick. So I'm going to be writing with him on Midway Minute. Kevin is such, he's such an awesome Chicago sports writer. And I know we're talking about Field of Dreams. Uh, he had a really good article about Field of Dreams and just um, doing all things Chicago sports. So I'll be doing stuff with him for Midway Minute. So I want to shout out him for giving me the opportunity. And, uh, you know, he, honestly would be a great guest on the pod. Like he's, he's a fantastic dude. We'd love to have him. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, a couple others, uh, Jeremy Layton and Luis Medina of bears bleacher nation bears. I got to meet those guys after the game last night. Uh, two guys I've really gotten to know the last couple of years that as, as I've gotten my bears career started, uh, so nice, such a fun evening with them. And, uh, it was one of those things that was, uh, well overdue. So, uh, glad to spend time with them and definitely follow them. Check out their content. Uh, Jeremy writes for the New York post. And of course, Luis, uh, does bleacher nation bears. And then finally I'm not pandering, but I got to give you a shout out Ryan Dangle for allowing me and bringing me onto this podcast. Uh, again, we've had so many conversations about it. Um, I love which I love what you guys do. I guess I can say us now because I'm part of it, but I love yeah, this podcast <laughs> and I love that it's grown so much and there's a really cool community here. So shout out to you for, for bringing me on and approaching me about it. Um, it it's so exciting. And, you know, as well, shout out to Michael page for um, basically allowing me to, you know, take a spot here <laughs> for the post game, post game recaps. Um, just so happy to be aboard. So thank you again. Everybody knows I get too mushy. Sometimes I get too lovey dovey. I don't care. Get over it, folks. That's how I am. That's how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Um, and so Brendan, the, the first time we had a conversation, I literally said, I want to get on a podcast with this guy. I want to have regular conversations with this guy. And I just didn't think that it was going to happen. And when Mike page suggested it, uh, and, and then you said, yes, I, I I'm thrilled. You know, we obviously we're, we're bummed to be, be losing Mike, but Mike has so many administrative things that he's going to be doing. Plus he's got the little one, uh, at home too. And so this just works out so, so well. So we are stoked for all of you who are listening. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate you. There are so many places where you can get your Bears information, your Bears podcast, your Bears reactions. And we know that there are a lot of really good ones out there and you've chosen to listen to us and we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. We appreciate you sharing, reading any of the content at beardownreport.com. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you hear, hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience like Michael did. Michael, thank you so very, very much for Jack Wright. Logan Bradley, Brendan Chagru, I'm Ryan Dengel, and folks, as always, bear down.